This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show's your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guest I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, at the movies, whether political, social, economic, whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. When you hear phone numbers, please do not call. All right, that number to call is area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. And what are you waiting for? You know this is Open Air Monday. That's right, your time, your turn to call in with any questions you have about the Word of God at all. And uh, I'm trying to stop from giving any challenges today. Because this is your time to shine. You might have a question about theology, a question about eschatology, something about church history, anything you want. I'll do my level best to give you an answer if you call that number at area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, where I'm willing to talk to you about anything. And even if you disagree with my theology, that's all right. As long as we are, let's say, civil in our discussion, then I can benefit, you can benefit, and the radio audience can visit, can benefit from it as well. Just give us a call at area code 866-423-9578. That's area code 866-423-9578. Let's go to Braun in Westland and get him on right now. Hello, Braun. How you doing? How you doing, Pastor? How you doing today? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing well. I have a, a, a question, actually, uh, and most of what I'm saying is coming out of, uh, of what we've been taught in Tuesday's uh, prophecy class. Okay. So that's where I'm most of my information from, just in case the listeners wanted to know. And so uh, I wanted to ask you this. With the Pope's trip to the, UA, to the UAE, mm-hmm. the uh, United Arab Emigrant, Emigrant um, would you say because he's he said he's there to promote uh religious coexistence mm-hmm. but would you say would that would that be like with the um uh with the uh in revelation seventeen talking about the uh, uh symbolic language of the mystery Babylon or the horror Babylon you know how the um they're gonna come and put all um the religions together? Would that be, you know, like the spirit of the Antichrist, something like that? Well, I would say this to you, yes. Any ecumenical movement that we're looking at, whether it be Roman Catholic or Protestant, because as you know, there's some uh, some liberal Protestants into this thing as well, that that does head us towards the uh, what's talked about in Revelation chapter 17 and 18, Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots, which is a really harsh term used by the Bible to describe a syncretism. Uh, which is similar to ecumenicalism, where all the religions get together, all right, one faith, okay, and then you know what happens then, one world, one world government will, is, on, is on the rise as well, 
but one faith where you water down your doctrine so all of us can say we basically believe in the same thing. All of us believe in the same God, and that's just not true. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. Now, we have to be careful because we don't want to just put the Roman Catholics in that bag, but unfortunately, many of them are. One of the recent catechisms that I saw said that they consider uh, Islam, uh, Judaism, and Christianity to be very similar uh, because they're all Abrahamic faiths. <laughs> That's just not true. Actually, Abraham, yes, we believe in Abraham, but Jesus Christ is what our faith is all about. And so that definitely lets uh, Islam out of the of the mix and some others too. So yeah, so that's the direction that we're headed in uh, religiously, not only in the Roman Catholic Church, but also in the Protestant world as well. Yeah, because I know that uh, in the Protestant Church, a lot of people are saying they're little guys and Absolutely. they got power. Absolutely. That's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about that tonight at the Monday Night Bible Study. And I'm going to show you a guy who's doing that. I mean, we're going to look at a a teacher who's just, that's literally what he says. He literally insults God and turns a man into God. And what amazes me, Braun, is how, because I'm not a very smart guy, but I'm smarter than that. When I, when I see people tripping on what we tripped on in Genesis chapter three with Adam and Eve, then I know that we're in trouble. It is amazing where the church is today. Absolutely, absolutely. And then what about uh, also with uh, with the president saying that he's going to remove the armed forces from the Middle East? That's also uh, would be fulfilling like a, a biblical prophecy. Uh, you know, with Russia would come in and take over uh, most of the area and stuff aligned with the um, you know Egypt and all those places, Syria and like that. Would you say that's on that line too? Well, Bron, you're doing a good job of uh, of uh, what they call newspaper eschatology, <laughs> and it's not and it's not to be condemned when you say things that are accurate. For sure, there are things that are happening in our world today that are pointing to the kind of things we see in the Bible. And you, of course, mm-hmm. having been in the prophecy class, know that what we're talking about basically here, what we're looking at first, is Ezekiel 36, 37, 38. It uh, talks about an invasion of a nation from the far north. Uh, most Bible scholars identify that as Russia. Uh, they will have allies with them involving Libby countries from the Middle East, and they will attack Israel. That's not Armageddon, but that's the war before Armageddon. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you that all everything that's happening now, uh, actually, it's not contradiction contradicting the Bible, but it's lining up with the Bible. Right. Okay, Pastor, thank you very much, and I'll see you at uh, Bible study tonight at 730. All right, I'll be looking for you, Brown. Thank you for calling. That all you gotta, guys got to do is do what Braun did. You want to have a good discussion? Just give me a call. Area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. All I've got here is an open Bible. I don't like all that computer fancy stuff because I, I keep teasing people. The mark of the beast will show through. No, it's not. I, I just, I'm just old school. I just like to have the... Turn the pages. I cannot. I look at those screens and I say, ah, it bores me. I got to turn pages. That's when I'm really reading. (laughs) So if if you have a question to ask, just give me a call. You'll hear me turning in my Bible to find it if I can. Area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss on the Bible Talk program. And you can call with any question you have about the Word of God. Doesn't matter. I don't have any agenda today at all, but just open air. The only reason I come up with a challenge is when you guys aren't calling. So call, call, call. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. 
area code 866-423-9578. Also, just to let you know that tomorrow we do have our Tuesday Prophecy class, and we're in the beginning of it. So if you come tomorrow at 11 o'clock, you won't be have missed much at all. We're looking at uh, our, actually, we're working on our third certificate in biblical prophecy, and that is... Uh, uh, eschatology and the nations. It's a nation focus this time. The very kind of things that Braun was talking about are the kind of things that we're dealing with. So we encourage you to come. You don't have to bring any, uh, there's no certain tuition cost. We just ask you to give uh, uh, whatever God leads you to give to support our ministry. Uh, we pro- provide all information uh, for you that you'll need. Bring your Bibles, definitely, and enjoy a time with us. That's tomorrow, uh, which is Tuesday. Uh, at 11 o'clock, 10709 Grand River at Oakman, Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries, our prophecy class, our Tuesday prophecy class. All right, we're going to go to uh, Oak Park and see what's on the mind of Thomas. Hello, Thomas. Hello. Hello, sir. You're on the air. Yes. Listen, um, praise the Lord. And, and uh, thank, uh, you. thank you for taking praise my God. call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, I, I, was, I was calling about... The black Hebrews. Uh-huh. And I wanted to. What I wanted to know was, uh, you know, what what do they believe, and uh, you know, uh, uh, who are they? Well, basically, there's about four groups of them, and this is something we're going to be talking about about on Thursday at our church in our Thursday night, uh, not Thursday night, but our Thursday afternoon Bible study, which uh, starts at twelve o'clock dealing with um, uh, hard sayings in the Bible. Uh, but basically, there's a political arm of it, which basically they're political. They do believe uh, uh, that, uh, that they, uh, the, the whole black Jewish concept, but uh, pretty much these are the ones I think we saw in the news uh, when we had the harassment of those Catholic uh, young boys. That was more of the political arm. Then there's the religious arm, some who believe that uh, uh, blacks are the original Jews, and uh, uh, that, in fact, some of them believe that they're the original Jews, uh, those that are in the Bible really are not, or the Jews, let's put it this way, the Jews of today are not the real Jews. And so you have that contingent of them as well. Um, and uh, basically that's pretty much where they are. The, the thing is, what we need to recognize, they're really very similar in my estimation to NOI. They are a, uh, uh, a ethnic identity movement, right, as if there's some importance to uh, uh, your ethnic group or you being a, a black Hebrew Israelite, which, of course, there's nothing in the Bible uh, that justifies that kind of thinking at all. Uh, definitely, Jesus Christ has fulfilled uh, the law. In fact, he's made us all one in Christ, right? Because if we look simply, all you have to do, in other words, the major problem, uh, because if you study with them, they will have you studying history, Deuteronomy chapter 28, all kind of things they deal with. But the bottom line is, uh, the problem is uh, there's nothing about your culture or ethnic group that has anything to do with your salvation. Uh, and that's the key argument. What I would ask a person who is a Hebrew Israelite, this is my one question. What do I gain by becoming a Hebrew Israelite as, a, as yes. an African-American? What do I gain? And then yes. there's no, basically the answer to that is nothing. Why? Because it says over in Galatians, and, and here it says this in a number of places, but in Galatians chapter 3, says at verse 27, well, let's start at verse 26. It says, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Then it goes on and gets real specific here. Verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Then look at this. There, this is verse 28, blows it out the water. There is neither Jew nor Greek. Notice that, neither Jew nor Greek. Mm. 
There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So if we're all one mm. in Christ Jesus, and if there's no Jew or Greek, then why I got to become a Hebrew Israelite? What difference does it make? Well, uh, I, 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 I appreciate that. It's just that they, you know, what I understand is they, they were, they, they saying that because of uh, the council in, in wherever it was, that they took certain books out of the, out of, out of the uh, canon. Oh well, now now that's what we have. Now that's what they have to prove. But what happens is uh, that's fallacious. Now the way you find that out is all you have to do is pick up a book on the history of the Bible. One book I recommend is Biblical Introduction by Norm Geisler, where he explains everything about translations and all of that. There were no books that were taken out of the Bible. There were books that were left out because they weren't scripture. He, they talk about the apocryphal books, which is something we know fully about, fully yeah. discussed in scholarship, right? Fully discussed in mm -hmm. uh, So, no, there's no oh. books taken out. The apocryphal books were never accepted as the word of God by the Protestant church. Uh, Catholics have accepted some of them and not all of them. But uh, but that's not that they were uh, taken out. In fact, the books uh, definitely are published. They're in some Bibles. So it's not like they're not there for you to read, but they're not considered to be Scripture mm -hmm. by uh, the Protestant church. Uh, well, I, yeah, I appreciate it, sir. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, and do some reading. The thing is, the information is out there, and so make sure your discussion with the Hebrew Israelites or anyone is based upon a discussion of the scholarship. I mean, evidence that demands a verdict, uh, Volume 1, Volume 2, uh, we, we, uh, that you can read, by Josh McDowell, Norm Geisler, uh, Introduction to the Bible, just tons of literature that absolutely uh, demolishes the, these false uh, uh, concepts, but you have to actually... Uh, make sure that you lay your facts on the line when you're dealing with people who challenge the facts of the Bible. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Call in with any question you want. That is why I'm here. So don't make me waste my time. I want to work, and so does Marcus. He wants to work, okay? Because if he's not working, he's going to find some other work to do, okay? He wants to. Don't, don't you tell the folks that you want to work, Marcus. <laughs> he buzzed me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't believe him. He's just a jokester. Number to call. Area code 866 423 9578. Area code 866 423 9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emory Moss. Let's go to Barry in Canton. Hello, Barry. Hello, Pastor Moss. How you doing? Hello. Yes. I'm doing fine, sir. How are you? Real good. Real good. Thanks for calling. Um, I was wondering if you could tell me where in the Bible does it talk about Satan being cast out of heaven into hell, or cast, onto the earth, anyway. Cast out. Well, I can tell you where he's been cast out of heaven, but I can't tell you that he's been cast into hell because he hasn't been cast into hell yet. The Bible does not say that oh. he's in hell. It definitely does not say but that. But it does say it does say that he was cast onto earth. Oh, he was cast. Oh, yeah, he was cast out of uh, heaven onto the earth. The Bible clearly says that, and uh, in a number where, of places. Where, where at? Yeah, where at? Yeah, well, one place is Isaiah chapter fourteen, verse twelve, where it says, "How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning?" The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. When you hear phone numbers, please do not call. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. When you hear phone numbers, please do not call.
The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. When you hear phone numbers, please do not call. Now he is not in hell. He's allowed to roam free as a part of God's plan to do what damage he can before finally he does wind up in hell. Uh, another passage on that that can help with that is over in uh, Matthew uh, and in chapter 25, I believe. Yeah, Matthew 25, where it tells us, talks about the, uh, the, the same thing. We know that uh, the angels, it says here in verse 41, this is uh, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me. Now watch this one. This is, a, this is Jesus' words. Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. All right? So uh, hell is prepared for them, but the devil was kicked out of heaven, and, and so were the angels that followed him. So, uh, so the devil's not in hell yet. He will go there, uh, but that judgment hasn't been uh, uh, done by God yet. Thank you, Pastor Moss. Okay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your call. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Going to take a break, and we'll be right back. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you have brain fog and lack of energy during the day? If so, take back your vitality and clarity with all-natural Cola Gel, newly discovered jellyfish collagen peptides that aids with brain and memory support. Cola Gel is all-natural with no side effects. Edible jellyfish collagen uniquely supplies the body with multiple collagen peptides and naturally occurring minerals that fuels our cellular system with energy-rich compounds. Jellyfish collagen is a nutritive formula that promotes optimum neurological activity and improves cognitive memory. Receive your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. That's longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. K-O-L-L-A-J-E-L-L. Get your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz promo code COLAGEL. Eliminate brain fog and lack of energy with COLAGEL at longevitybynature.biz. That's longevitybynature.biz. It's easy to love those who love us back, but as Christians, we're called to love everyone, even those who persecute us. The only way we can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's our subject this week on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Alistair Begg, weekday mornings at 8.30 on FM 92.7 and AM 1500, Faith Talk, Detroit. This is Daryl Wood with Faith Talk Detroit, and we're partnering with Bible League International on Stand With Them, Bibles for the Persecuted Church. Paul reminded Timothy that all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Persecution is defined as purposeful suffering for the sake of Christ and His glory, and it comes in many forms all over the world. In India, it's being shunned by Hindu family members. In China, it's the loss of church buildings. In the Middle East, It could be jail or even death at the hands of extremists. Isaiah is a new Christian praying for the nourishment that comes only from God's Word. Send him a Bible for only $5. $100 sends Bibles to 20 Christians. Help Faith Talk Detroit and Bible League International send the hope of God's Word to 2,600 persecuted believers. Call 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-YES-WORD. Or give at faithtalkdetroit.com. 
Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-515-2397. 800-515-2397. That's 800-515-2397. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Let's go to uh, John in Allen Park, see what he's thinking about. How you doing, John? Oh, I'm doing really good, Pastor. Thanks for calling, sir. Yeah, I've got a question. Um, in the book of Judges, uh, I think it was around the 11th chapter, it talks about Japheth and uh him making a vow with God that he'll sacrifice the first thing that greets him in the door, and it turns out to be his daughter. Yeah. And he feels obligated to do that. I've heard different people say that he never did sacrifice her. She just kind of went out in the mountains like she asked for a time, and then he never sacrificed her because God would never ask man to sacrifice another human to him. But I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, what happens is, I don't think the issue is uh, God wanting him to do it. I think the real problem was with him. Uh, Basically, you know, we're looking here at uh, the book of Judges, where, you know, the whole theme of the book is that every man did what was right in his own eyes. Uh, There was no central leadership. Uh, They were, we had Israel struggling to pull itself away from a a pagan worship and things of that nature. Uh, And what happens is he made a vow. He made a vow himself. God didn't tell him to make it. He made that vow all on his own. And uh, back then, when you made a vow, uh, it was once you made a vow to God, you were scared not to keep it. I mean, it's not like you say, well, God, I made this vow, but I didn't know it was going to happen like this. In his mind, once you made the vow, he had to carry out the vow. Now, what is debatable here is what actually happened to her. All right. There is a school of thought that says that she was sacrificed and killed. There's another school of thought that says that not necessarily so, that what happened was uh, she was sad, not because she was going to die, but because she was going to be dedicated to the Lord for God's service. And so she was uh, not going to be able to marry and have children, and she would just be serving God uh, isolated like a, uh, you know, uh, like a devoted like a priest or something or a priestess or something like this. They didn't have priestesses back then, but uh, to just serve God. Where we get that from is Judges 11, where it says uh, after, you know, uh, he came back and said, well, you know, I've got to, you know, I've got to offer you up. Uh, She says at verse 37, and she said unto her father, let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months that I may go up and down upon the mountains and behold my virginity. I and my mm-hmm. fellows. So here she's crying about the fact that she's going to be a virgin and not able to bear children. Not necessarily let me bewail my death. 
Now, it's possible that she was sacrificed. Some scholars disagree with this view. But, uh, you know, the worst thing, I know it's, it's bad. Uh, it was bad back then not to have children, but to die is even worse. So what she wanted to do was to be well my virginity, I and my fellows. And he said, go, and she, he sent her away for two months, and she went with her companions and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. Not that she was going to die. So it's possible that what happened here, rather than her dying and it's being an offer to the Lord, uh, still it was a sad thing to have to, to go through what she went through, but rather than dying, maybe what happens is that she offered herself for service of God in worship, and it meant that she would not be able, uh, not going to be getting married or anything like that. Okay, I've heard people say that, but the next verse in 39, it says, And it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed. Yeah. But then it says, and she knew no man, and it was a custom in Israel. So that's what's confusing me there. If he did well, his vow, he sacrificed her. So I'm, I'm confused there. Well, well, it is. You know, it is kind of, uh, and, and I can see the confusion, but there's also confusion even in that verse, right? But I see where you're at. It came to pass mm-hmm. at the end of two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow that he had vowed, and she knew no man. Okay? So it didn't say here she died, but she just she didn't get married at all. And it was a custom in yeah. Israel. A custom in Israel, what, to uh, to kill uh, daughters for this? Or for, that was a custom that they would, if, that people could make some vows that would turn them over into, you know, total service to God. Don't know, but you could you could be right. You're right. There There is a, I can't be dogmatic about something where there's two schools of thought. But I can just tell you there's another view of it. Sure. I, I was just curious what your thought was, because I, I know there's different thoughts on it. And just curious what you thought on it. Yeah, the key thing is taught, you know, we've got some other situations like that, too, John. For instance, uh, what what uh, happened at Sodom and Gomorrah, you know. Uh, yes. Yeah, we would never uh, do do uh, do it like did. Come out and say, have my take my daughters. Right? Yeah, we wouldn't do it. Take my daughters and have them as you would with <laughs> those. Yeah. Yeah. If they're looking for yeah. somebody, we'd say, well, they're down in the basement, you know. But back in that culture, yeah. in that culture, that was the way it was done. And even the mm-hmm. daughters were willing to go out there and allow themselves to be raped, rather than for visitors to come and be harmed, because the uh, you you were supposed to protect visitors with your life. That was their custom, their culture. So that's what we're kind of yeah. looking at here, too. Yeah, I know that's hard when I, I've had people ask me that. They would say, why in the world did he give up his daughters for them to have their way, yet he's supposed to be a man of God? His, daughter, his <laughs> I, daughters, I, I, his daughters, like that's different. right, his daughters would not have had it any other way. When you invited yeah. someone into your home back then, it was like you put them above your family. Yeah, you were to protect them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate that call. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Now, that's the way I like it. I like to be busy. So you guys call. You can call with any question you have about the Word of God. And we encourage you to come to Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries. Uh, uh, definitely Sundays we're available for you. And I've been preaching a series, continuing to preach a series. Uh, I call it the Satan Series. We're looking at how Satan works, the things that God allows him to do. Ken Hunt, it's, it's quite some amazing things that are, are involved in this plan of God. And that's what we're looking at. 
Uh, but we need to know what the warfare is about so we can deal with it and realize that at the end, regardless of what the devil does, we win. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Let's go to Roseville. Talk to James. How you doing, James? Hey, how you doing, Pastor Moss? Praise the Lord. Good, buddy. Thanks for calling. I don't know for a mom. Quite, well, a couple questions. First question, your services that you have on Monday and as it is Wednesday, am I mis- not mistaken, your Bible classes? Yeah, well, we have – we have. Yeah, we have Bible studies on Monday evening. We have uh, Uh then Tuesday. We have noontime Bible studies on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Okay. Are are you, like your Satan series, is it like recorded or available for purchase at all? Yeah, it is. Yeah, all the messages are recorded, and they can be be purchased. Yes. Okay. Um, Well, well, I guess how do you guys have a website? I'm sorry, I, no, I don't want to take it off. It's just I can't make any of the classes. I work afternoon. Oh, okay. So I, I, I'm wondering if it would be. Well, what you could do, I think it might it might be some information on the web. What you could do is just okay. call. You could call uh, area code three one three nine three three nine two seven zero and talk to Karen, Nine-three. and she could uh, okay. uh, tell you how you could uh, get uh, a hold of those CDs. Gotcha. Okay, so let me just ask this quick question. Sure, uh, it's kind of along the lines of what the gentleman uh, call, uh, said before the break was asking about mm-hmm. Satan. I always wondered, Satan, Lucifer, I know he tries to put himself above God, uh-huh. but as a being, he's not, a, is he a spirit being? Like God is a spirit, is, or is Satan an angelic being? And when you said that he's he was cast out of heaven and he's down here, is he like like what type of form is it? You know what I'm trying to understand. What I'm trying to say. Well, it's, yeah, but well, it's really clear the the kind of form he has and everything. Uh, uh, we we find him in uh, in a category that's mentioned in the Bible, Hebrews chapter mm-hmm. one verse fourteen, right? Where it says, are they not all in terms of angels, right? It says in verse 13, I should start there uh, for you, James. Hebrews 1, 13, which says, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them that shall be heirs of salvation? Uh, Satan, before he fell, was a good angel, okay? He was Mm -hmm. a ministering spirit, okay? He didn't have a body. Angels appear in bodies, but they don't have them, okay? They appear with wings, whatever form that God wants them to assume at the time. Uh, But that's what he was. So when he came to earth, he came to earth as a spirit being. And the demons that Mm -hmm. fell with him are spirit beings as well. So that means they're invisible to the eye, typically. They can make appearances if uh, if God allows them to do so, I'd imagine, just like angels can. But, uh, yeah, he's here. uh, Job Mm -hmm. talks about him being here during his time, and he's here now today as well. So in Adam and Eve's time, that serpent, that snake, was a form that he took on to deceive Eve? Or, or an animal that he controlled, okay? Or the animal that he controlled. Yeah, and people always say, well, you know, uh, you got a talking snake, you know, that's a fairy tale. But it's funny, you know, James, they don't say anything about those parrots that talk every day. Pop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought that. Everybody, pop. it's just a myth. It's just uh, the animals don't talk. Oh, well, parrots do. So if they could, maybe it's not a far stretch for this uh, uh, serpent to be speaking through uh, also with the devil pulling the strings, huh? Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's my question. I do appreciate it. Talk All right. Tomorrow. Appreciate your call. 
that number to call, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss. Any questions you have about prophecy, about uh, eschatology? Well, that's the same as prophecy, isn't it? Christology, bibliology. I'll do my very best to give you an answer here on the Bible Talk program. Your friendly neighborhood Bible teacher and apologist, Pastor Emory Moss. Uh, Also, if you need biblical counseling, I I provide it. Yeah, I do provide pastoral counseling for uh, those who are in need. I talk to Christians, non-Christians. You don't have to be a member of Strictly Biblical to see me. Uh, If you want to make an appointment to see me, I counsel on Wednesdays, so you will have to uh, take some time off. If your issue is that important enough, I'm there for you to talk to you. Uh, I do premarital counseling. If you're interested in getting married and you want some premarital counseling before you do it, then all you've got to do is uh, just give us a call, area code 313-933-9270. Talk to Karen, and she'll sign you up. It's time for a break, my friend, or can I go to the next caller? All right, I just got to check with my boss there. He's got his eyes on me. All right. Larry, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing today, Pastor? Just fine. Sure. Hey, I got uh, one quick question, and it's in the book of First uh, John, chapter 5, okay. verse 16. Uh-huh. The Living Bible in front of me. Did you want me to passage? Yeah, well, I can, well, I'll read it for you, but thank you very much. Uh, in 16, where it says, If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death, and I do not say that he shall pray for it. Wow, that's a deep one, isn't it, Larry? Yeah, my my question on that, you know, because I'm reading that whole, you know, the book today about, you know, trying to love one another and really having a God kind of love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got hung up on that passage because it, you know, it, I, I have brothers, and we're all guilty of it. You know, we happen to fall into sin at times. And I'm going, I wonder, you know, what the, the actual sin is to death, because in other scriptures it talks about, you know, that you're going to, you know, you're not going to go into the gates of heaven if, you you know, you fall into certain habits. But as I kept reading that scripture, it says, but God, you know, there's that one sin, the one fatal sin, that one sin which ends in death. And I'm going, well, so if you see a Christian brother sinning, and, you know, it's if you pray to God, that it, it seems like all the sins that you see him sinning can be forgiven if you ask God to forgive that brother, except that one sin, which leads to death. So my question is, is first off, which, what is that one sin that where my, my passage says, if he does that, then there's no use praying for him. But all other sin, am I to take it that really they don't end in death if you, you know, you see your your brother doing it and you ask God to forgive him? Well, I'll tell you what now. I'll tell you, Larry. You've, uh, you, yeah, you've broken down and you've asked the question in so many ways. Uh, uh, but uh, it's a very intriguing verse. Uh, and we've seen it, though, in the Bible. We've seen something that seems to correspond to this, Larry. Almost exactly, in more than one place, actually, where it says in 1 John five sixteen, if any man see his brother. Now, if it's his brother, then we can assume pretty much it must be a Christian okay? Right. that's doing this, right? A Christian right. is doing this because it doesn't say just, you know, the world or worldliness. It could mean that, but brother seems like it's talking about a Christian. If any man right. see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin right. unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Now, what happens is uh, God will reveal to you 
whether it was a sin unto death or not. Okay, but he does say this, there is a sin unto death. So you and I should pray, you know, uh, for anyone uh, uh, who falls into sin, unless we really know that it's a sin unto death. I guess God would reveal it. But let me ask you this question. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Because all I need uh, is uh, one one example, I think, to help you. Is there a place in the Bible where a great man of God died because of what he did, and he prayed to God, and God said, you might as well stop praying because I'm going to kill you. Well, that's, that, that kind of answers a lot of things for me on, by what you just said. Because oh, but I you, you got to find that. it. Is there a place like that in the Bible? I can't find one. All right. But now you know one thing. Here's the interesting thing about Bible study. Just because you can't find it doesn't right. mean it's not there. Okay? Mm-hmm. So let me take you to a place. Deuteronomy Chapter 3, okay? okay. Deuteronomy okay. chapter 3. Moses. Okay. Remember how Moses messed up? What did Moses do that got him in trouble with God? Well, he did a couple of things with the rock, you know, hitting the rock. Okay, stop God. right there. God told That's... him to speak to the people. He was right. frustrated. He was bothered by them. Instead of doing what God told him to do, and I fetch you water out of this rock, he hit it, okay? God did right. not like that. God didn't like it. And because mm-hmm. of that, God told him, you are not going to lead them into the promised land. You are going to die. Right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, now, was he a believer? Do I believe it? He was, was Moses a believer? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. But look at what happens here. Tell me if this doesn't fit First uh, John five sixteen, where in verse 27, okay, De- Deuteronomy 3, 27, uh, Moses writes, And I commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto these two kings. So shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms, whether thou passest. You shall not mm-hmm. fear them, for the Lord your God shall fight for you. Then, here's what Moses says. He tells the people, And I besought the Lord at this time, saying, O Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to all the works and according to thy sight? He's, you know, he's praising God because he wants to beg. He's begging now, praising God. Right. Then he says in verse 25, and I pray thee, he's praying to God, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, the goodly mountains in Lebanon. Uh-huh. Verse 30, 26, but the Lord was angry with me for your sakes. He would not hear me. And the Lord said, and here's what God, people say that uh, uh, God won't hinder your prayers. Look at this. But the Lord was angry with me for your sakes and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, let it suffice thee. Speak no more unto me of this matter. God said, I'm not going to change your mind. What was going to happen to him? Told me, verse 27, get thee up into the top of Pishketh. Lift up thine eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward, and behold it with thine eyes, for thou shalt not go over this Jordan. He was going to die. Uh-huh. Okay, So that is a sin unto death. Yet, he's on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus in the promised land after he died. But yes, right. I believe that is what First uh, John 5.16 is talking about. Stuff like that. My one question, though. Hold on, hold on. Hang on. If you can hang on. Wait, we got some time? Mark's going to give you a little minute. Okay, what is your question? Well, that course, my question is: is the train of thought I do, and, and just in all, just trying to understand it. That Moses, you know, was a dispensation of law, and the scripture in the first John was 
you know, God Almighty was t- is telling us as as if we want to be children of God, He says, "Do the first thing, believe in My Son." Well, if wait a believe- minute, wait a minute, though. Let's talk about that. I'm gonna have to. I am gonna have to get back with you. I will show you that what happened to Moses is also mandated okay. in the New Testament. Can you hang on? Sure. We'll be right back. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, Mm -hmm, phones, mm -hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. (laughs) Your weight is up. (laughs) You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. Award-winning Christian country singer Lisa Daggs has written her incredible story of unshakable faith in her new book. Hey, this is Lisa Daggs. 30 years ago, I was sitting in a prison cell facing three to five years behind bars on drug charges. I had just one thing to hold on to, my faith in God. And my trust in God's love was rewarded in ways that were impossible to imagine. But when life is at its worst, God is at his best. My new book is called No Turning Back Regardless. How God rescued me, redeemed me, and restored my heart with a song. It's about the freedom God gives us when we put our trust in him, regardless of our circumstances. Whether you're facing divorce, addiction, or family tragedies, redemption and victory is in your reach. No Turning Back Regardless is the story of what happens when you proclaim that you're going to follow and serve the Lord. Regardless. No Turning Back Regardless, the inspiring new book by Lisa Daggs, now available wherever books are sold. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Abortion has left its ugly mark on countries where it's legal. Japan long ago legalized abortion and has been struggling with a declining population for years. Fewer babies were born last year than since they began keeping records. One side effect of a contracting population is empty ghost houses. These are homes left abandoned for lack of need, and they dot Japan's entire landscape, largely in sparsely populated areas. The number is at a record high with expectations it'll get worse. City councils have devised financial incentives to draw families to the properties, but with little success. Many countries are facing a depopulation problem and are coming up with creative ways to get couples to have more children. Follow us on Twitter at Life Issues USA and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss and Larry. How you doing, Larry? Still doing good. Thank you. Well, Larry, I wanted to talk to you because definitely I understand 
the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. But I don't want us to get the idea that what we see happening to Moses was just old covenant stuff. That in mm-hmm. the New Testament as well, God is a God of love. And what many Christians have forgotten, he still is a God of judgment. Still is. Uh, and when we look at, 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 a, at a verse that's very similar to what we just saw with Moses dying. Remember, Moses went to heaven. But God took his life because of what he did in striking the rock. He did. That's what happened. Okay? Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I'm sure you've seen this before. This is talking about communion, where Paul was laying down the instructions, right? 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse 30. For this cause, he said, the, it, so they were taking the communion and playing around with it. They weren't treating the sacrament holy like it should have been, Larry. So Paul yeah. writes to them and he says this, verse 30. For this cause, because they were, you know, uh, taking the communion in an unholy way. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. Yeah. That was the punishment, that they would be weak, sickly, and some sleep. By sleep, what did he mean? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I'm not not really sure. What, uh, I'll tell you exactly what he meant. They're going to die. But mm-hmm. since they're Christians, it's sleep. Okay, They're going to be resurrected, just as Moses died. In other words, when a Christian dies, his soul and spirit goes to be the Lord. Moses mm-hmm. died because of his sin, clear. Okay, But yet he still went to heaven. They're Christian, mm-hmm. And so over here in 1 Corinthians 11, you have a picture of Christians here who also died. Okay, because they didn't do right in terms of communion. It didn't d- condemn them to hell, though, but they did have to suffer death as punishment. That's clearly, it seems, what it's talking about in 1 Corinthians 11 uh, and verse 28 and following. So, mm-hmm. and there's other cases in Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira. Some say they might not have been saved, but here they sinned in terms of not giving the, the what they were lying about what they were giving to God, and they were killed. So we need to understand, 1 John 5, 16 lets us know God's not playing. He's still a God of judgment. Even though Jesus, loving Jesus, I got it, but he still is the Lion of Judah, and he can judge Christians in this life, and he takes some Christians home early, all right, uh, because of their sin. Right. All right, buddy. Okay, hey, thank you so much, eh? Thank you. Appreciate it. You helped us all with that question. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Tonight, the Godmaker is going to be looking at a guy. I can't believe it. Wait till you see him and hear him tonight at the Monday Night Bible Study, if you can make it. You don't want to miss it. Going to be continuing our look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8 as we look at the Godmakers. Uh, the, the whole doctrine, it seems like it should be an easy one for us, right? That man can't be God. But unfortunately, some teachers cannot get that through their noggins. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Let's go to Michael. How you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm doing good, Pastor Mark. How you doing? Real good. Thank you for calling. That's good. I'm just glad that you're on the air still. I thank God for the, for you. Thank you. I really, I really like to be a blessing to you but um you know it just 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 pray for my finances that it get the way i want it to be so i can be able to support your ministry because i want you to continue to like i use you preach the gospel and um just bless people all across the world 
because people need to hear good messages to, like you be giving them out and um, the phone calls you be taking. Well, thank you, Michael. So, uh, I appreciate it very much, and I will pray. You know, you're welcome, Pastor Emmy Moss. Thank you, sir. Um, I had, um, honestly, I had three questions. Well, I wonder if I'm able to get it through with these three questions. Well, but we'll see I now. I want to make it kind of, I mean, it's three questions on my mind. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to go to a break first and then come right back to you. Can you wait? Sure, I can wait. We'll be right back. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. There are three paths before Senate Majority Leader McConnell when it comes to any articles of impeachment the House eventually sends the Senate's way. One is short, a quick dismissal by the Senate. One is long, an extensive trial that would let the president and his defenders expose wrongdoing by Democrats and their permanent bureaucracy allies. The third, the only approach that is obviously wrong, but that may also be the most likely outcome, would be a far more limited trial that would serve only to reward Democrats for their bad behavior before reaching the foreknowing conclusion that President Trump will not be removed from office. There's a lot of appeal to my first in my list, a long, deep dive. There's also a strong argument to be made for peremptory dismissal. Think of it as a motion for summary judgment. Whatever course Leader McConnell takes, he should take care not to legitimize this sham impeachment. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Alliance Defending Freedom. Protecting religious liberty. Check the ad at townhallreview.com. Award-winning Christian country singer Lisa Daggs has written her incredible story of unshakable faith in her new book. Hey, this is Lisa Daggs. 30 years ago, I was sitting in a prison cell facing three to five years behind bars on drug charges. I had just one thing to hold on to, my faith in God. And my trust in God's love was rewarded in ways that were impossible to imagine. But when life is at its worst, God is at his best. My new book is called No Turning Back Regardless. How God rescued me, redeemed me, and restored my heart with a song. It's about the freedom God gives us when we put our trust in him, regardless of our circumstances. Whether you're facing divorce, addiction, or family tragedies, redemption and victory is in your reach. No Turning Back Regardless is the story of what happens when you proclaim that you're going to follow and serve the Lord. Regardless. No Turning Back Regardless, the inspiring new book by Lisa Daggs, now available wherever books are sold. Chris McCourtney from Faith Talk Detroit and now Salem Surround, our brand new digital marketing business specifically designed for your small to mid-sized church. We began providing these vital services last year and the interest has been overwhelming. So much so, we've created our own division serving your church's need for SEO, SEM, native advertising, inexpensive church websites, targeted email, geo-targeting, and so much more. The difference is, and this is critical for busy pastors, we're here to execute these digital advertising solutions with weekly results updates, personal contact and support for your campaign, constant improvement in copy and targeting tactics for maximum results for your church. Book your appointment today and find out more about Salem Surround at SalemSurroundDetroit.com. That's SalemSurroundDetroit.com.
All right, this is Pastor Moss back with Mike. Mike, what questions are on your mind, buddy? My first question is, uh, um, will will backsliders still be raptured before the tribulation begins? Well, you know, I, I think so, because I can't imagine that when Jesus comes back that all Christians will be doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Can you? Somebody's going to be doing something uh, uh, that they shouldn't be doing. The bottom line is, are they saved or not? We have to remember uh, when we talk about backsliders that the operative uh, verse for it uh, that helps us some with understanding it would be over in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 14, which says, Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. I will take you one of a city and one of a family and bring you into Zion. Okay, so he is married to the backslider. So that means he still has a covenant with them. Now, that doesn't mean that Christians can sin like rainwater, because if you're sinning like rainwater, you might not be a backslider. Michael, you might just be a slider. I wasn't saved in the first place. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, you can be counterfeit. You know, you can be a reprobate. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right, what's your wow. next question? My next question is, okay, um, is it all right for a Christian to to speak uh, to, to speak the Word of God? Because I know the, the Bible did say that if a man have faith, let him speak to the mountain and tell it to move out of their life. So wherever that mountain is in their life, uh, rather be sickness or uh, just problems, period. Can they just speak it into their life and then it all be wish and go away? No, if you, what happens is you can wish it to go away, but you shouldn't be wishing if you're praying. What you do when you pray is you trust in God. But you just got to remember one thing about prayer. Yeah, and you can, you know, uh, speak to the mountain, but make sure you speak to God before you speak to the mountain. You have no evidence in the Bible at all where anyone just got something because they spoke it. So the idea that you can speak something into existence, okay, uh, is mm-hmm. not true. The only way you get anything is through prayer, okay? That's, uh, we, mm-hmm. we got Mark 11, uh, Matthew 21, 21 tells us the same thing. And then God, remember what the Bible tells us about prayer, if we take all the mm-hmm. scriptures together, which in many cases people don't. That's why people get messed up spiritually. They okay. are angry at God because God didn't do something uh, that they prayed for. But the mm-hmm. Bible tells us that there's something uh, that we need to be mindful of when we pray, and that is that we're supposed to pray. But here's okay. what it says in 1 John five fourteen, And this okay. is the confidence that we have in him, that if we mm-hmm. ask anything according to his will, he mm-hmm. hears us. So God mm-hmm. only and always answers prayers according to his will, not yours, mm-hmm. all right, and not mine. Okay. All right? Okay. Well, thank you. I guess just can give you two, no more than that. And I don't know how much time we've got. We've got Paul. Are we out of time, Marcus? One more. Marcus said we can do one more. Oh, let me get Paul in here. He's been waiting. Hello, Paul. Hey, Pastor Moss. How are you? Real good, sir. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Uh, I'd like to get your interpret or your understanding on something. Oh, sure. Uh, interpretation. Yeah. You're right. Understanding is the same. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, Jesus, our Passover Lamb. When he was doing the Lord's Supper, was that the same thing as the Passover? Was he keeping Passover at that time? Yeah, that was. Now, he elevated it to a new level, of course, okay, because he was what the well, Passover celebration was all about. He was the lamb yeah, yeah. of Exodus 12. Right. He told his, his disciples to go to prepare, you know, and how he longed to have this Passover. But for him to be 
um, our Passover lamb, didn't he have to die at the same time that the sacrifices were being oh, absolutely uh, not. fulfilled? Absolutely not. Because remember, all of that was a prophecy anyway. The, uh, what happens in Exodus uh, 12 where the Passover is instituted, that is a what we call a foreshadowing, uh, a prophetic look at what Jesus is going to do. So by him doing that, he's uh, he's just, you know, actually just reaffirming what uh, Exodus 12 is talking about. But the Passover er, happened at a different time than the um, the Lord's Supper. Well, yeah, but what happens is it just puts them all together. In other words, all of these well, analogies I, are put together. It's not like they have to be at the same exact time. In fact, because uh, a lot of things, in fact, there's so many different symbolisms in the Bible of the um, of, of Jesus' birth, of his death, of his resurrection, and all of them happened at different times. So the celebration had nothing to do. It didn't have to calibrate with when he actually, uh, uh, the atonement took place. Nothing in the Bible demands that. Just that he did it well, is an important I, thing. When I, when I turned around and I was looking at this, I was trying to line up all the, the time frame. That's the problem. When I've he, read books where and, guys try to do that. That's the problem. Because they don't line well, up the, because they're not supposed to. Well, I had read in the Mishnah Torah that uh-huh. um, that they allowed that the Jews allowed for a um, a Passover to be eaten prior to the Passover, mm-hmm. and um, and it was a holiday. It was called a Chag. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's the, remember that's the Mishnah Torah, and remember we got the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They produce doctrines like the Mishnah, the Talmud. None of these are holy. Those are just their interpretations. They rejected okay. Jesus with all that. So the Bible doesn't demand all that stuff. But it's good study. At least you know the background of it. All right. This is Pastor Moss. Great to be with you. I love these calls. Keep them coming fast and furious. I'll be with you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, be strictly biblical. And if you can make it tonight, come to the Bible study. I'll see you next time. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.